Thank you for coming here today. It's me, Linda Sage, on Learning From Life. One thing I can promise you, there'll be people to meet over the airways here you'll never forget. Some, as long as you live. Let's just say, most have had what could be termed as an interesting life. It's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. And one line from any of them could change the way you deal with things forever. There'd be landing from all parts of the planet, all ages, backgrounds and experiences. Telling the truth of how it was and how they manage things may just help you miss a rock or two along your road too. Hi and welcome. We are back with Learning From Life podcast. I'm Linda Sage and thank you so much for joining us. Today, the same as every week, another amazing guest. They just are so out there. So if you know anybody that would like to talk to us, you can always drop me a line as well. But today I have a very special lady and uh, Helen has lots of different hats. But uh, first of all, a little bit about her story. So Helen Grantham, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Linda. Thank you for inviting me on your show today. So I I do have lots of different hats. Yes, Um, I am a coach, first of all. Um, I'm also a part-time PA. And um, in my spare time, what little spare time I have, but I do have spare time, I'm a psychology student. Wow. We've got to ask a burning question, though. Helen Grantham, are we talking to Lady of the Manor or any relation to? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I, I live in a house in Walton on Thames, so I'm, I'm Lady of the Manor in Walton on Thames. That, that, that's as far as it goes. <laughs> but it's an unusual name, that was all. I thought there might be a link there somewhere. No, I've, I've, I, over the years, I've used and abused that a lot, actually. <laughs> it's been great fun. <laughs> Can't blow your nose. So tell us a little about who is Helen Grantham, professionally and personally? Okay, so professionally, I'm a coach and I coach people with chronic illness. Um, I do this because I have a chronic illness myself and I realised that actually people needed extra support and they needed extra support looking to a positive future. And when I had my chronic illness, there wasn't the support out there. It was a long time ago when I got diagnosed. So actually over the past few years there's there has been a lot more support but I wanted to give my support to that as well so that's that's why I do that Um, so predominantly I'm a coach and I coach for wellness as well so I have a very different types of clients but mostly people with chronic illness and who am I personally wow um I could be doing anything from conducting a wedding um, in Burning Man, um, to uh, sewing, uh, to sitting by a river. Um, I'm, I'm an open-minded person who, who loves to get on with life and uh, try new things. So that's who I am personally. So, so let's go back a little bit because obviously you said that you've got a chronic illness. Uh, how long have you been living with this? I've been living with it since I was 20. So when I was 20, I was actually doing my first degree and living in Germany as a teacher and had a bad pain in my leg and it was discovered that I had a thrombosis. So at that point, I went on anticoagulants, blood thinners, to those who don't know what that is. And um, I kept getting taken off them 
because nobody could find out what was wrong with me. They didn't have the tests to find out what was wrong with me at that stage because I was only 20 years old. So that was 28 years ago. But I was just going to jump in there because 20 is, is quite old. You, you've had part of your life and you've been active and you know, sort of carefree really in those, in those years. So for that to come along then must have been quite a, a big hurdle. It was terrifying and I quite honestly I didn't understand it. Uh, the doctor told me that I had thrombosis and I didn't even know what that meant so I had to ask. I didn't know what the implications of having uh, a deep vein thrombosis or a blood clot was. I didn't know how it would affect my life and I didn't know if the pain would go away. So being 20 I wasn't prepared to have that stopping my life. So in some respects, unfortunately, I ignored it and I went totally into denial and I did what any other 20-year-old would do. I went out and I didn't particularly look after myself very well. So unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't get the support out there to tell me any information about the condition at the time because they, they didn't know I had a condition. But even just having a blood clot, it needs... It needs somebody to help you through that process because it is, it, it's a terrifying process having a blood clot. And this is something then that went on for quite a long time afterwards? Yes, yes. So um, because they didn't know I had a, a blood clotting condition, they kept taking me off the medication, which stopped me clotting. And it was only when I was age 32 when I had my last clot that they gave me a screening test again for my blood and they discovered that I had thrombophilia factor eight. Which, which means basically that my blood clots more than a normal person. So how, how did you actually learn to live with this? It took me a long time. I, I did stick my head in the sand for many years and it was only probably when I hit 40 um, that I actually decided that I needed to confront this and accept it because I wasn't. And what I was doing is I was holding myself back in life saying, well, I can't do this because I've got a blood disorder and I can't do this because I've got a damaged leg. And I was making all sorts of excuses to not get on with my life. And I, I just wanted to have a fun life, do these things that I was dreaming about, like traveling and, and running and sport and um, just getting myself out there and doing fun things. So it was only at that stage that I started to, to really accept it. It took me a long time. Do, do you think that's the biggest step, to, the denial, to come out of denial and actually look for help? Yes, yes, it, it certainly was for me. And I know that certainly some of my clients say the same, that they're, they're so scared of actually knowing what's wrong with them that they do have that denial and they ignore it because they don't want to go through that painful process. But what I say to my clients and what happened with me as well, it is a painful process, but once you get through that process of confronting your illness and accepting it, it's amazing. It's like a, a weight lifted off your shoulder. And the, the thing is that the illness never goes away for a lot of us, and I still live with my illness, but I don't define myself as a chronic illness sufferer anymore. Okay. Can we just take a step back as well? Just to define, what, what is a chronic illness? 
So a chronic illness is an illness that somebody is suffering from for over three months. So actually at the moment, something like long COVID would fall into that category. Wow. So at the moment, I am talking to a couple of people um, and coaching them through uh, long COVID because that is a, a chronic illness and they are suffering from fatigue. So you don't just deal with one area. So if somebody is living with a chronic condition, it has many commonalities right across the board. Yes, I don't discriminate um, and say, right, I only deal with a certain illness. Um, and obviously I know more about my illness, but I have found over the years talking to other people who suffer from various conditions that we all have the same fear and we all have that same denial and so that's why I, I do what I do to sort of get them through that anxiety and look to a more positive future because we've all got to break through the kind of same sort of doors. I think that goes for many other things as well like with the the long-term depression and uh, anxiety especially the world we're living in at the moment. That's right at the moment there's an awful lot of anxiety and I've found actually in the past few weeks that I've got more people talking to me and saying that they just don't know where to turn. And that's a shame. And I, th I think, you know, everybody needs to have somebody to turn to. Do you see this as a generational issue or do you think it's, it's crossing generations and gender and even cultures? Um, from the people that I've spoken to, actually, it's, it's the younger people who are, are more frightened of today's situation. Um, so I've, I've got a, a, a couple of quite young clients at the moment who really are struggling with their anxiety around uh, the COVID situation. I haven't actually come across any older people that have wanted to, to talk about it. It might be that they're better at dealing with it or they have that thing inside them that they cope but, and they're not used to talking. So yes, it, it's quite strange actually. Um, when it comes to genders, though, I'm I'm talk, talking to men and women about this. Um, so and I'm glad that you know men as well as women come forward and talk. Do Do you think it's something that men still feel more difficult in doing? I think it used to be um, a real stigma talking to people uh, for men, but I don't know. I think over the past couple of years, actually, that mental health and talking about it has become less of a stigma because I think people have realized that we all have mental health and it helps people like Prince William bringing it out into the open in the media that that sort of thing really helps for you looking back if uh, the younger you what could you have actually been better knowing if you had the information given to you I think if it would have been helpful if there had been support groups and I'd have been better knowing more information about my illness and having somebody there to to help me through the, the bad times uh, because I shut myself away an awful lot. And in, in actual fact, my family have only just found out in the last couple of years how I felt. So isolation was is a big factor as well then? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's really been quite difficult to to tell people how I felt such a long time ago when they lived with me and they might have thought that I was grumpy or depressed or 
or not being myself but I think they do realize now that I was going through something quite quite bad and and it's tra- as you said before it is traumatic and going through something traumatic is really scary yes um one of the things that I had to do and I know others in my situation have had to do is look at their own mortality and accept that and that's that's one thing that I I had to do that I didn't want to and that was one of the things that sent me into a complete denial because blood clots kill more people than breast cancer um so it was looking at that um and yes it it is a terrifying thing but it's it's more about understanding the process of life actually that's helped me understand my own situation so what was that what would you think that is the big lesson that you've learned out of this i think it's don't be afraid to talk to somebody uh don't hide away and don't let your illness define you and that's what i would say to somebody is that you are not your illness your illness might be part of you but if you accept it confront it and accept it then it that's all it remains is it's just a part of you it doesn't own you what well, what sort of challenges do you set for yourself now so uh actually recently over the lockdown i started doing several challenges and i work within my limitations so i mentioned before that i've got still got a damaged leg from the blood clots but i've been doing uh, virtual challenges so i've been walking and cycling uh virtual challenges such as the entire route 66 in america which is 2500 miles wow um and i did that with my husband so that was quite fun we were out walking a lot in the summer and at the moment i'm doing another one which is uh walking the virtual camino uh Aww. which is 486 miles so and it's something that i want to do in real life anyway so I like to kind of look forward even though it's fairly hard at the moment in the situation we're in to to look forward to a holiday but actually it it's really helping me doing this this virtual challenge and and setting myself a goal and then I can actually walk the the whole thing in in due course So what makes you do these challenges what you know it'd be quite easy now for you to sort of sit back and think well yes I'm I'm okay I'm doing all right in life what powers you to want to go and share this with others I I don't like to sit on my laurels I like to keep myself mentally healthy um so that's why I I do the challenges I keep going and I do my study I keep myself very very busy because it kind of feeds feeds my body and my brain and it helps me have a a more exciting life than i did have before and more exciting and and fulfilled than i ever dreamed of to be quite honest because i've i've gone round all those obstacles you know if i have an obstacle i just think okay what well, what are the options around that and you can end up doing much more than you would have actually dreamt dreamt of before yeah so your boundaries are very often the ones that you put on yourself absolutely yes and it is seeing around those boundaries. Yeah, totally. So if you had to go back and and speak to that 20-year-old you in Germany that was just starting out on this, what what would you say to her? I'd get her to actually stop and stop ignoring what was happening to her and and actually look after herself a bit better because 
she became very a, a very sad person because she was so confused and terrified and if she had spoken out I think that that might have helped her even though there weren't the support groups but she could have spoken out to somebody so that's what I would go back and, and say to her don't suffer on your own so the future of obviously we're in an untenable new world with all sorts of things happening and uh, but it does give us new opportunities and new possibilities so what does the future hold for you well, I'm quite excited about the future, even though it's, it's a very strange world. Um, my passion in life is traveling and I'm not doing so much of that at the moment. Um, I love to see new, new things, but so again, that's an obstacle. So I've mentioned before that we like walking and we've decided, okay, we're going to see England now. We're going to see the country that we live in. So the future holds UK holidays for us. It holds helping people and coaching people, and that's a passion of mine as well. And the future also is is learning. And when I mean learning, not only my psychology degree, but I try and feed my brain with something new every day because that helps keep my mental health good and, and healthy. So I'm excited about the future and um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to look bleak even though we're going into winter and we're still in the COVID world that we are. It doesn't have to look bleak. We've just got to find something that makes us excited about life. Great advice there. So Helen, how can people get hold of you if they want to uh, know more about what you do? I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and I have my own website uh, which is positivehealthcoaching.co.uk and there's some great information on the website so uh, if uh, you want to make that a first one or you know you can get in touch with us and uh, we can put you in touch with Helen as well and the great thing about podcast is you can go over it and over it again because there's huge amounts of golden nuggets there that Helen's been talking about so maybe you don't catch it in one go especially if you're in places like both Helen and I have been when you're in denial you know a lot of information washes over you and sometimes hearing it a few times just gets that that open so you can take the first step so Helen is there anything else that you would like to say to people what would you say if somebody is just finding out now that they've got a chronic illness I would say stay in the present and even though it's painful don't go into the denial phase stay in the present and talk to people reach out to people and tell tell them how you're feeling and get help and support if you need it Fantastic support there. Thank you, Helen. I know that time has got the better of us. We could, we could talk about things for a long time, especially if we get down the psychology route. But uh, thank you so much for being with us and perhaps you'll come back and do uh, part two another time. I'd love to. Thank you very much, Linda. So thank you all for joining us. And of course, we will be back next week with some more just amazing guests. So for now, stay safe, keep yourself well and bye for now. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded in conjunction with the Chapel FM Art Centre and East Leeds FM radio station. For more information about them and all the good work that they do is www.elfm.co.uk. And to know more about what Linda Sage is doing, 
Her website is www.lindasage.com. Also on all the other social medias.